Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the PM Diaries. We are your hosts. My name is Paige. My name is Maddie. Welcome back, Night Owls. It's Tuesday, October 24th, 2023, and it's a slightly warm fall evening in the Windy City. It's also the day that the first ever iPod player was released on this day in 2001. That's wild. Yeah, some history facts. I'll for never forget the first time we got an iPod. I know. And I'll never forget, like, we got into, was it an argument or was it a, a debate, like a discussion? But I was like, no, I want the iPod Touch, like, whatever, like, the iPod Touch is better. And you were hell-bent <laughs> on, <laughs> on getting the iPad Nano, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the iPod Nano, because it could be green. I literally just wanted it to be green. So That's I said, wild. no, because the iPad touch, you can't, or the iPod touch, you can't get it in green. Oh my God. When really and you could have just got a green case. I could have got a green case. I, the, there was something off about me, child, because yeah. that didn't make any sense. And then you ended up, I had to share my iPod touch with you because yeah. you were like, oh, I can't do anything on this. Like, will you share? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So we ended up sharing. But I remember like when I think back, I used to just like share my phone with people. I know. Right. Isn't like, that crazy? Yeah. We would be in junior high and we would give people our phones and we wouldn't get it back until like lunch. Yeah. It was like middle school <laughs> middle That's school crazy. junior high and like you wouldn't get your phone back until lunch <laughs> and when you think about it like there's so much private stuff on your phone yeah. like that's crazy i'll never forget <laughs> thou how th- thou who shall not be named mm-hmm. um going through my camera roll no and I- it wasn't your camera roll honey it was mine no no no, no. i'm gonna mouth the name to you you said that when, right in the mic. Scoot okay. the mic over. No, nobody's going to hear me, I don't think. But he took my phone, and I, like, was super into painting my nails. So I, like, took a whole bunch of pictures of my pedicure that I had did on myself. <laughs> and he's like, why do you have a whole bunch of pictures of your feet on your phone? What the hell? And I'm like, why are you in my business? You exactly. shouldn't even be looking through my camera roll. But I was the goofy who gave my phone away. No, it's similar to me. I remember on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. I gave somebody my phone on the bus and um they're like going through my camera roll once again, which how dare you bitch. But thou how shall thou who shall not be named, I don't know how Paige said it. Um, she had a video of me on my phone singing in my room and I had my gold bonnet on and it was just like what the <laughs> what hell? The fuck? And of course we were taking videos of us singing because you couldn't tell us we weren't Beyonce. Honey. And it all could have been avoided if we just weren't giving people our phone. Like who the hell does that? Who does that though? Like, oh Child. my God, memories. Oh, memories. But yeah. how was your day today? Um, It was pretty good, actually. I'm super tired today, which is why we're filming a little bit early. Yeah. Um, But I am. I'm really tired today. I don't know. But other than that, it was pretty good. Um, this little girl tried me in traffic today. I was like, bitch, are you even of age? And when That's I say tried thing. me, I mean tried me, honey. She pulled her car over and everything. I was like, yeah, okay. That's crazy. Hmm. So, yeah. But other than that, it was pretty good. I can't complain. That's Just good. a typical weekday. What about you? Um, My day was good today. It was super busy. <laughs> I'm also feeling pretty tired. And it's only Tuesday, too. I just feel like... Wow, like I, I don't know. I think it's because we had to stay up later though and do a homework assignment last night. Yeah. Um, and obviously film the podcast. Um, but I'm really happy because I actually got a dentist appointment scheduled today. Aww. It's like bittersweet though because you know I really don't like the dentist. I yeah. hate going to the dentist, especially when I know like something's wrong. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm experiencing some sensitivity. So I'm kind of just bracing for impact with that because I, I really get freaked out by the dentist. I know. So, but it, it's it's for the better. You've been in pain. You yeah. can't even eat certain temperatures. Like you're an extreme case. Yeah, I have sensitivity going on. It's been going on for a few years now. So I'm very scared. But I'm gonna buck up and go. Buck so. up and go. Yeah. All right, you ready to get into the wind down? Yes, let's get into the wind down. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I was actually really excited to see this because it's coming on the heel. I mean, everyone goes to colleges and speaks, but it's coming on the heels of when Kim went to Harvard mm -hmm. um, when they covered that on the Kardashians. But Sweetie actually went to her alma mater, um, USC. Okay, um, go this, Trojans. Yeah, this <laughs> past, I think she went on the weekend or this Previous, I don't know. She went recently, but she spoke at an entrepreneurship class, which I thought was really interesting. That is so interesting, though. And I, I kind of love like this infiltration of like um, mainstream like celebrities or mm -hmm. influential people. I'll leave it at that um, that are going to like speak for these entrepreneurship classes like how any of them could honestly go speak to marketing and, and anything else I of know. the sort. Like they are a lot of times have to be really savvy with that, mm -hmm. especially when they're starting their career off and getting very creative. And also for the students, it creates interest as well. Um, because sometimes when you're just hearing it from your professor, like it gets boring, exactly. but it's almost like seeing the perfect, like real life application of like the concepts you're learning in class. Yeah, exactly. I think there's always that mystery of like, what will this do for me in the real world? Like anytime a kid doesn't want to learn something and they're being a smart ass, like, what do I, why do I need to know this basically? Yeah. Um, so I do, I would love to be in a class and where like Kim Kardashian or sweetie or any influential person came to speak. I feel yeah. like if you're not a sponge in that class, you're a fucking idiot. These mm -hmm. people have mastered the industry in some way, whether you like them or not. I mean, sweetie mentioned that she took like a year off or something off and I don't think she had to stop her spending. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you could learn a lot from these people. And I think when you go into the mindset, uh, go into it with a mindset of, wow, I can learn a lot. You learn even more. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, we, we've been in college now for forever. It feels like, but even Girl, at Ohio at school now, baby, it's still college. Like yeah, it's still it school. But even with, um, I'm trying to think, even at Ohio State, we didn't really have an opportunity to see anybody like super like well -known. influential or well known come in and speak. Maybe we probably just missed it. We were working all the time. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't mind like actually sitting down and like taking a course with like Chris Jenner or like some like Meghan Markle, mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey, like a really influential business leader. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, especially with people that are into the modern game. Like, believe it or not, we are heading towards that type of industry. Yeah. I mean, tech is big now. If you don't think it's getting bigger, you're crazy. So mm -hmm. it's going to get even bigger. Things are going to change even more. They're going to be revolutionized and yeah. like learn from the people that are already doing it. That's my advice to everybody. I agree. I don't know. Over social media, Paris Hilton actually released a picture of her baby. Yeah. I believe her, her son, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It was the first picture she's released of her son. I think since he's been older, like out of his newborn phase. Um, but there was a lot of like criticism surrounding the shape of her son's head. Yeah. And it actually got to like the point of what I would consider really weird cyberbullying. Like, don't talk about a fucking child. He's a baby at this point. He's not even one. Why are you talking about the shape of his head? It's just weird. Yeah. It's really sad. Paris actually released a statement. I don't know. Did you see it? I didn't see the statement. What she yeah, say? She released a statement and she basically said, like, my son is my world. He's everything to me for you to talk about something so precious yes. and innocent. 
for you to attack innocence like that is crazy. It's weird. It is. And I think it just goes back to this deeper, this deeper thing. Like if somebody talked about your baby, you would be acting a fool. Yeah. So it's just, it goes back to this deeper thing. Like you think you can get on the internet and say anything. You yes. want. And meanwhile, you would never say it in person because your teeth would be across the room, like <laughs> out of your mouth. If you said that to just about anybody. Yeah. So it's just crazy to me. Like, I think it's so rude. Like, it's keep so it to rude. yourself. Keep it to yourself. Or, like, let's start with, like, not even thinking it. Because to me, that sh- that's shows an immense character flaw. It, it the does. fact that you think it would be okay to make a comment about somebody who's an infant um, on a public platform, harass their parent with it in the comments. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and it's sowing the worst type of karma, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Phoenix is cute. Phoenix is healthy. Cute. His mom loves him leave phoenix alone my challenge for anybody that comments on people like that on the internet especially like the most vulnerable like children yeah go look in the mirror and worry about everything your insecurities to keep you up at night and learn how to fix that yeah and stop worrying about a child like dead ass you got enough to keep you up i'm sure so worry about that it's just very weird um yeah but on a lighter note i mean it was honolulu pride i think this past weekend and obviously the baddest bitches showed up yes i think we all saw the sasha colby content because it was like she had carrie go and i think it was like a family affair I i didn't really deep dive and to everyone else that was with her but i think she had like all of her kids go with her her drag kids um super exciting though like did you see bretman i didn't see bretman i saw pictures later on though but i wasn't like up to date super with the honolulu pride stuff outside mm-hmm. of sasha colby yeah but i just think like honolulu is a really fun place to do pride oh my gosh i know we always think about new york city pride like obviously we've attended chicago pride mm-hmm. but honolulu it just takes it to another level because i feel like honolulu or hawaii in general is really cool and their license plate is literally a rainbow yeah. the um ha- the hawaii <laughs> The Hawaii football team, um, their uniforms, I think, feature rainbows as well. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. It's so perfect. And Hawaii is such a beautiful place. Like, I really want to go to Hawaii. It is. And, you know, typically pride happens in the summer, but in the hotter climates, they have to do it in, like, October. I think there's Mm. a few other states in the south that do it in like october because of how hot it gets okay so my thing is like it was the perfect weather too like not only were you in honolulu it was the perfect weather it was a party it's getting colder up up in the higher north states yeah so yeah super cool very cool i know um, I don't know if you saw the little baby stuff on Twitter. I didn't see the little baby stuff on Twitter. What I happened? accidentally saw the little baby stuff on Twitter, honey, and I wasn't ready for it. Oh, Lord. I know. So basically there was a video going around of uh, inappropriate act happening on social media with a person that had similar hair to little baby. They actually didn't mm. look like little baby at all. Okay. Um, so that video was going around and then little baby actually addressed it. So oh basically God. there's, he's like, that's not me. Like there's never been any mystery in my history. I think it's what he said, which okay. people were saying was a bar. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like with the new age of AI, like even Logan Paul's wife or fiance, like mm-hmm. they had released a tape of her and I don't know, people were saying it wasn't her and it was edited and all types oh, of stuff. Lord. But my thing is like in this new age of AI, you can't control that. Like no. what happens if someone edits you onto something? That is so, that's one of the dangers of, of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something that I'm assuming we're going to start to see more regulation about and potentially like these people need to be held accountable because if you are um photoshopping or alter altering 
artificially <laughs> someone's image onto a salacious video yeah. or a salacious post or what have you. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you're open to a lawsuit at yeah. that point because so, yeah. that's wild. I think you brought up a good point because little baby mentioned in his response, people using my name and likeness. Yes. So if, if for those of you guys that are versed in like entertainment law and different things like that, intellectual yeah. property is yes. ba- essentially, you know, your likeness, your image, your, your likeness, image, your likeness. Ex- yeah. So I think basically what he's doing by putting that in his statement is putting bitches on notice. Like if you keep it up, you're going to get. Sued. Oh yeah. I would, I would play safe. Cause oh, that was yeah. a nice, a nice notice. Luckily nowadays we use discernment, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can't trust everything on the internet, et cetera, but still like that's crazy. And it crossed the line again. Clooney's trying to talk into the mic. No Clooney. It crosses a line again and just kind of goes back into the, like, why are you bitches do anything on the internet for cloud? Yeah. Like it's just, it's wild to me. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing some significant lawsuits coming out based on stuff like this. We're girl, we're, this is the tip of the damn iceberg. It is the tip of the iceberg. They need to go on ahead and regulate this shit governmental. Okay. Yeah. okay. Take this shit to the government. Um, not that they can get anything done right now, Ooh. <laughs> but ever, did you see that TJ Holmes and Amy Robach were spotted out. Yeah, girl. I feel like that broke the, all the like middle-aged people's internet cuz I feel like that's like their scandal of the century. Are we surprised that they're out? Though? I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes people expect when like shit hits the fan that you guys would break up. Like I okay. think that's the expectation. Yeah, what I will say though about TJ Holmes and Amy Robach, anytime you get to that point, right, where you say fuck the job, I mean, and they're at the top of their career working at Good Morning America, this is literally what they've worked their entire lives for, were married, etc. When you get to that point, you probably have to have a pretty solid connection to like be able to deal with that type of backlash. Mm -hmm. So for me, it didn't really surprise me that they were out. I think what surprises me more though, is that neither of them have kind of made their return back in some way, even if it's just something like a podcast or an interview tell all or a book or whatever, we haven't even seen them like kind of step their way back into their careers. Mm -hmm. So I'm anticipating that at the beginning the start to middle of next year yeah i feel like that'll be interesting to keep an eye out for it kind of puts me in the mindset of like even a chris cuomo but even more like more blatantly obvious a don lemon where he was like he got fired from cnn this summer and then basically said like okay this is news and whatever like this is weird but like baby i'm spending my whole summer on a boat somewhere like i I feel like when you're at that level and you can kind of take time off to just let the dust settle number one it's a blessing but it's also kind of like damn like you guys really got left like you guys got dropped basically and like ain't shit stopped you haven't been rushing to get something else there's a beauty in being able to take your time to get back started because that's not the situation for everybody that's for sure and i think what some people have to realize those that are in the entertainment industry i was watching an interview with oprah she Mm -hmm. did a super soul interview with oprah it was with herself obviously and nate burkis the designer Um, Um, And she basically said for the entire time that she was on the Oprah Winfrey show, like everything was work. And literally even her home was a sleep space that just got her prepared for the next day of work. She worked birthdays. She worked anniversaries. She worked all of those things. And so it's just this might even be a break for them. Like they were at the pinnacle of their career, filming every day, waking up super early, going to sleep late. Like it was just it's just kind of like a vacation. So just things to consider when you're looking at the the lives people lead yeah um you know this has been playing in my head 
what? for like several days. What is what? Like, do you know when you can like sense that people are like lying or yes. not even lying, but like they're hiding what they're actually meaning or like you, it, you won't it won't even be like you catch someone in a lie, but you'll catch someone not telling everything or not telling the full truth. Yeah. And then you're getting like bits and pieces and the shit doesn't add up. Yeah. It's scary. It's because scary. like sometimes people will reveal things through what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit. Why are you lying about that? Yeah. Like because you just told on yourself and you don't even realize you told on exactly. yourself. And then the craziest part, too, is they think you're stupid or mm-hmm. they think you're dumb enough to, to not, not clock the T. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, too, I never say anything when I clock the T. No, like, I, I never say. Anything. Why would I? So people think I'm dumb, which is yeah, fine. That's but okay. like it puts me in the mindset of like that Legally Blonde <laughs> quote where Elle Woods was like, it, was it the second? Was it Legally Blonde, too? No, or it was, was it actually the first, the first one. Um, When she's in court and she clocks the girl on the stand yeah. for saying she got in the shower after alleging after she that got she a got perm. a perm. Yeah. Like, when really, she killed her stepmom. Yes. She killed her father, but she thought it was her walking through the door, honey. Yeah, because they'll, they'll try to give you bits and pieces and then the yeah. shit ain't adding up and stuff. So I've like my spidey senses are really attuned right now. I know. It's actually scary. Maybe it's something going on in the universe. I don't know. I'll have to ask Christina about it. But it could just be that people are being revealed or shown their true colors. And maybe you just clock that T, put it on a sticky note or whatever, mm-hmm. and put it in the back of your pocket. Put it on a notepad like Jessel. Exactly. On a notepad <laughs> like Jessel, baby. And keep track of that. Hilarious. I know. But that was fun. Little wind down. Are you ready to get into the bedtime stories? Let's get into the bedtime stories. Are okay. you going first? I guess I can. So according to Vibe News, Michael Irvin calls Cap on Sun. Tut? Is that what his name is? Like Tut? Uh, Tut. Excuse me. Tut Tarantino's gangster oh, rap know, persona. It might be Toot. I think it's Tut. Like King it's Tut. It's not Tut. Page. King Tut. Tut, but Tut doesn't roll off the tongue. Like, is it Toot Tarantino? Let me look it up while I'm you I'm going to say Tut. You read Tut I'll, Tarantino's I'll gangster rap persona. <laughs> Michael Irvin has called out his son for portraying a false persona in his music that doesn't reflect his affluent upbringing. The three-time Super Bowl champion referenced his youngest son, Elijah Irvin, who raps under the name Tut Tarantino. During an appearance on FS1's Undisputed on Thursday, while speaking on NBA star Jay Morant's controversial ja, gun. I think it's Ja. Ja Morant's controversial gun incident that led to the 25 game suspension. Irvin said that he doesn't understand the source of inspiration behind his son's raps, and he was raised in a quote gated community and wasn't exposed to poverty or criminality. Saying quote I got a son. He raps. His name is Tut Tarantino. Irvin told undisputed co-host Skip Bayless and Keyshawn Johnson. If you ever listen to some of his raps, I'm like, oh my God, where does this come from son you grew up in a gated community your whole life michael irvin himself grew up impoverished in impoverished conditions in florida before attending the university of miami and being drafted by the dallas cowboys in 1988 added that his son is rapping about a lifestyle that he himself experienced but has sensed distanced itself from saying quote he's rapping my life because we romanticize and fantasize about that old thug life ghetto life and all that stuff when we used to work to get away from the hall of fame wide receiver said now we've gotten to a place somehow that we're running back towards it and the music and everything this isn't the first time michael irvin has called cap on tut tarantino's lyrical content During an appearance on the Dan Patrick show in 2019, Irvin shared similar sentiments regarding his son's rap career, saying, quote, he raps about some of the hardest stuff in the world. 
I say to him, son, you grew up in a 20,000 square foot gated community. Where does this stuff come from? Ooh, his Why is da- his dad putting him on blast? This isn't the first time either. As I was researching, this is the second time he's discussed the discrepancies between how his son, that's a rapper, grew up compared to how he raps. Okay. I found this article so interesting this is not the first time this has been brought up people have constantly said this they dr phil said it about bad baby they said it about literally they say it about everyone yeah everyone do you think that these people think so there's several angles with this Mm -hmm. maybe tut wants to be a successful rapper and he feels as though he has to rap about this because maybe that's what's popular and he wants listeners so even though he can't personally relate to it he wants his listeners to be able to relate to it yeah or there's that other side of the coin where it's like maybe he's trying to keep up with a lifestyle that um he's never had or in some ways maybe glorifies yeah so i think you're right and honestly i don't think we would know specifically but i i think that there's two ways to think about this you have people that play characters right and they Mm -hmm. always talk about oh that's my stage name and this is just a character so it could be that angle it happens time and time again maybe not with people that are promoting this sort of lifestyle that's maybe not where they came from but just exuding confidence like an alter ego like Beyonce and and Sasha Fierce like it could be that angle but I think at the end of the day probably what it is is because it's not the cool thing Mm -hmm. to just say look I can't I made it out the gated community yeah it's not the cool thing to say look I wasn't struggling in this way I was struggling maybe in a way that was like less severe maybe I was struggling instead of with like food on the table and violence and everything I was struggling with my mental health or I was struggling with confidence I was getting bullied in school and that's not the cool approach uh correct me if I'm wrong but by cool do you mean relatable um, that's not the relatable no, thing no because i don't think it's really relatable to a lot of people that you would that try to play like it is you know what i will say <laughs> sorry Clooney's going crazy but what i will say is i think it's more so um just the fact that like maybe he's trying to be relatable with his fans and when you think about it not everybody can relate to his lifestyle or his upbringing growing up in a twenty thousand dollars or twenty thousand square foot house girl he's gated <laughs> community like if he he rapped about that people wouldn't necessarily get that yeah it takes me back though real quick just a quick note we watched the rap game for those of you who aren't familiar with the rap game it was a like competition reality series where um i'm forgetting his name Mm. mariah carey's ex-boyfriend nick cannon girl jermaine jermaine dupree thank you was that i don't even know that was her boyfriend shout but um jermaine dupree looks for the no it wasn't wasn't it tony braxton or something no it was jermaine dupree and mariah carey i thought so he's like obsessed with her i'll look it up because she's like um i'm at i'm out at jermaine's and something whatever you out in la whatever okay but um he like looked for the next big rap talent and actually big lotto was founded on that show um or discovered on that show kind of sorta but he said you have to rap about stuff that like you relate to otherwise the disingenuousness or whatever will come across in your music yeah so that's just a note too. it is and i think authenticity is one of the most important things but there was a psychological study done on the dr phil show and i won't quote this or whatever but a lot of the times it's like you need to be the come the comeback kid this this idea of being rags to riches like i i I can't just make make it from the bottom i have to come from the bottomest of the bottom and make it and mm. it becomes a competition there's actually think pieces about it okay and this is very interesting to me because i think that there's power and authenticity which is what you touched on and yeah. i think 
although you can say you're playing like a character or an alter ego i think at some of it at some point it has to be based in reality because it's kind of like yeah you're gonna eventually have to answer questions you're gonna want to elevate beyond just talking about you know sad shit like Mm -hmm. you there should be some authenticity there in my opinion i wonder if he's sad that his dad is putting him on blast but that's a side point probably i feel like are you making it public discourse i know but one of the things his dad said was like he worked so hard to get out of there and i think his like this is something he probably could keep private but i think his dad is like you guys are looking at me crazy because my son's rapping like he just came out of the Mm -hmm. trenches and he was in a 20,000 fucking square foot mansion. I see what you're saying. And I worked my ass off for my family so they didn't have to live like that. You have a good point. You're right. Yeah. Okay. But that was very interesting. interesting. Very much so. All right. Moving on. You're going to read all the stories today. I didn't read the first story. you did. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I'm (laughs) losing my shit. Go ahead. Okay. Story two. According to People, Tom Bergeron is unleashing his anger at Dancing with the Stars after they screwed me with a betrayal of a casting. His words. Tom Bergeron is sharing the moment he knew his time on Dancing with the Stars had come to an end. The television personality who hosted the series from 2005 to 2020 gave context to his sudden departure from the ballroom competition during the latest installment of his extended chat with former Dancing with the Stars pro Cheryl Burke on her Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans podcast. Back in 2019, Bergeron claimed that Dancing with the Stars executives sought out lunches to discuss the upcoming season. With the United States heading into a contentious election year, he recommended that the execs refrain from casting any politicians from either party to provide viewers with a wonderful escape from the state of the country. Though they agreed, Bergeron recalled getting a phone call from the showrunner and another producer who ran down the list of celebrities and public figures set to compete on the show. The former showrunner said to Tom, you might want to sit down for this last one, to which he replied, why? They told him um, that ex-White House press secretary Sean Spicer was going to be on the show. I said, guys, this is exactly what we said we wouldn't do. Don't go there. This is, you know, not the right time. Play to our strengths. Be the show that gives people a break from all this bullshit. Attempting to compromise, the television personality suggested he take the season off, to which the showrunner and the producer offered to let you out of your contract if you want. That's how strongly they felt, Bergeron said, adding that it really pissed him off. Bergeron recalled feeling furious, but tried to be Switzerland before his temper kicked in, which he admits he knew wasn't going to be pretty. He decided to issue a statement in response to Spicer's casting to let people know that they fucking lied to me. He recounted, so I wrote the statement that I wrote that did not uh, name anybody. It did not name a political party. Knowing that his statement will be charged, the former game show host Bergeron got advice from a lawyer who read it back and claimed it was a well-thought-out perspective and didn't target anybody, but said it would put a bullseye on your back. When Burke asked if the network execs knew of his intentions to release the statement, he stated that they didn't deserve to know. They screwed me. I'm going to screw them, he said of of his mindset. But I wanted the viewers to know that this was a step too far for me. This was a step too far on the cusp of an election year. And again, had it been a Democrat, same statement. Oh, my God. I did not know that the falling out was about politics. Me neither. I totally thought that I I guess uh, there was some like uh, rumors and rumors and nastiness (laughs) and speculation about how basically Tyra Banks came in and hijacked the show. Yeah. And then 
kicked elbow Tom, to the Tom in the back of the head and kicked him to the curb so she could have her moment <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in front of the camera. Yeah. So this is actually T. Very interesting. Um, I think one thing that I noticed about both Dancing with the Stars and The Masked Singer, because was it Sean Spicer who was on The Masked Singer as well? No, it was Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. So we saw part of the judges panel walked off. Ken Jung and um, Robin Thicke actually walked off when they realized that the, was it, I want to say, what was it? It was Rudy Giuliani. He Rudy was Giuliani was unmasked. Or or, was it the clown? It was like was the, the Teletubby or something. The, the goofy. The, <laughs> I'm kidding. But he was unmasked. And like, that can be really controversial. I see it from a producer mentality. They think that casting these people is almost like a image repair on shows like this. Mm -hmm. And I could see why controversial people's publicists reach out to shows like this to try to see if they can get them on the show. Yeah, I agree. But I think I see Tom's point too. And the reason I say that is because we've been huge fans of dancing with the stars, which is why I was so excited to source this article because anyone out there that actually has watched the show, you know, when Tom Bergeron left the show, it was like, what the hell has happened? Like an enormous piece of that show was gone. It will never be the the heart, the heart and the center of that show was gone. He was truly a fantastic host. Fantastic host. Um, so hearing that it was about this, I, f- I feel like I see it from both sides because number one, was it worth it to lose like a giant in the show like that? Yeah. To me, when I hear someone so willingly say, we can let you out of your contract. Yeah. To me, it gives, they were waiting for an opportunity for me him too. to go. Me too. I think with the show growing, he clearly had enormous influence. Yeah. And it sounds like this was an opportune time to kind of get him out of his contract. And then he didn't make matters better going to the press with a statement. But I don't always think it's necessary to have controversial figures like that in the middle of all the shit that was going on. Yeah. I feel like what was like, sure, it's their like, you know, apology tour. But like Sean Spicer, from what we saw publicly, he was not always the nicest guy. He had a lot of, um, traits that weren't so positive and when i tell you they put his ass on that show right after he fucking quit the white house yeah it was right after i think for some reason producers feel like they need to do things to stir shit up to stir up drama to get that ratings boost i mean initially it's making me think to drag race and how they set the twins up sugar and spice to have to lip sync against each other because they thought that's what the fans wanted or they thought that was what was going to get the ratings boost yeah and really like it didn't. didn't i think because your producers a lot can i just add this I, yeah i hate to cut you off producers miss the mark a lot because <laughs> the generation and the people that control the shit are completely out of the generation of the out producers. of touch They're i agree with touch. that i think they may have viewed tom bergeron as a little too powerful maybe they felt like he got a little too big for his britches mm-hmm. but then also from the producer's standpoint you can uh, and i don't know how to say it because i'm trying to say it right you have to ensure that you still have reins of the show because if you feel like you give someone too much power or if they feel like they throw a big enough fit that then oh if I do that every time I don't like something I understand that with this I don't know if that casting choice was enough to to lose the host of the show because if you notice Dancing with the Stars kind of went into the gutter after that they Mm -hmm. had to go through a huge resurgence image repair because they got kicked to the curb off of ABC the ratings were so bad with Tyra they were stuck on Disney Plus baby and then the ratings were bad on Disney Plus and they said bitch if if you want to hold on to this show you're gonna have to change it exactly Exactly. So, it turned, so yeah, it's very interesting to see kind of the behind the curtain scene with this. But I love Tom Bergeron. I, I learned a lot from him as an aspiring journalist. He's so cute and mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And I think Alfonso kind of 
fills his shoes well. I want to deep dive why you said aspiring. Oh, am I a journalist now? I think so. Oh my God, me too. Like, right? Because I I woke up and decided to call myself a journalist. Like, create your own opportunities. Cheat codes. I wouldn't mind going on Dance with the Stars, though. No, me neither. I would go on in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? It looks so fun. We've been obsessed since we were kids. I need to start stretching now, child. (laughs) Definitely. Your ass need to be stretching today. I know. Okay. Moving on to the next story. So, according to Vibe.com, Tyler Perry says bidding process for BET was was quote disrespectful and he won't consider buying again back in march it was revealed that tyler perry was among those in a bidding war to own bet however two months after paramount pulled the plug on the sale perry is breaking his silence on why he won't reconsider purchasing the network if it goes back on the market saying quote i was disappointed about it for a number of reasons during a bloomberg equality summit in atlanta on wednesday according to the atlanta journal constitution saying quote the way it happened was disrespectful in a lot of ways the outlet noted that perry didn't go into lengthy detail but stated don't try to get me to pay for something that's not worth anywhere near the value paramount was reportedly asking for upwards of three billion dollars for bet media group which includes BET Networks, BET Plus, and VH1. Perry refused to raise the funds. When flat out asked if he would purchase BET if it were up for sale again, he said no, adding, God bless Paramount. I'm still working with them. I wish them the best. If a deal had closed, Paramount would have maintained a minority stake in BET Media Group. Many, including 50 Cent, thought that out of the bidders vying for VET, BET, which included himself, Diddy, Byron Allen, Kenya Barris, and Shaq, Perry had the best chance to, su- to, succeed, to succeed. 50 even considered BET to be Tyler Perry's network, explaining to Vulture he's done enough work there to dominate that and not even only dominate. I don't think they've explored what it would be like to not having a Tyler. And he's created enough content that if they didn't sell the company to him, he could go across the street and say, I'm going to start my own. Can you believe on this planet Earth, they were ever trying to get BET sold for three billion fucking dollars. That's a reach. They could have sold that shit for motherfucking three hundred thousand dollars. I'm not even joking. Well, they have I'm not even the joking. one thing that they have pulling for them is VH1. VH1 has kind of maintained its success, but I knew that VH1 was going down the drain when they let Drag Race go. Exactly. How do you let Drag Race go, baby? That was the only thing keeping the girls coming they back. Couldn't, they couldn't pay. They yes, couldn't because pay. they don't have viewership. Yes. But if you notice, we even saw this push recently where people are trying to encourage people to go back, start attending the BET Awards show again. And no one will go. But I don't remember who the previous ownership was, but I feel like there's been a lot of falling out with BET. Yeah. I don't remember who the previous owner was either. I don't know if there was a public, like a super publicly known owner of BET. Yeah. But I agree with what 50 Cent said. Like if there was going to be some in this moment today yep. to meet the needs of BET go in and do the work it would yes. be Tyler Perry oh Tyler Perry would have been perfect I actually think Kenya Barris would be interesting as mm-hmm. well only because we've seen a lot of successful shows come out of him yeah and I think he could have really left a lasting impact on BET yeah especially considering the fact that Kenya's had several shows on ABC that have lasted the test of time I mean blackish to name one of them so I think they really missed an opportunity 
if they're considering the longevity of BET. Well, and that's the thing. They're not they're not considering the longevity. What are they considering? You like look the at money? Someone, yeah. You look at someone like Tyler Perry. You look at someone like Kenya Barris. You look at someone like 50 Cent. These even Shaquille O'Neal. These people have money. Like yeah. these are black, powerful black figures with a boatload of money and this, influence. This was a money grab. Yeah, you have BET that was sold to I'm sure a, a, like a business that's probably Paramount not a, not who owns it. Not owned by like a black person. I'm yeah. saying they sell they sell it to this corporation that doesn't give a damn about the history of BET. Where BET should go in the future. This is just like money for them. It really is. Why are you making that face? I don't know if I agree with that. Why not? Um, I do think that it was a money grab. I think Paramount it has a lot of influence, and I don't know if it's about the money for Paramount, but I think they've tried to maintain the legacy of How BET. is it not about the money, Paige? I think they think truly that BET is worth $3 billion. They don't. They think the men have $3 billion to give, and they're going to turn it into a $3 billion TV network. I mean, maybe. They but don't. This is about the valuation that they see with these men behind it. If if Boo Boo the Fool was walking up the street saying, yeah, I'll buy BBT, BET and sell it to nobody and put some bullshit on the channels, do you think $3 billion is a lot of fucking I'm money? I'm not saying I think BET is worth $3 billion. Don't get me wrong. I think BET has fallen off considerably. Um, I know there are some popular shows on, on BET Plus right now, but I, I think Paramount was playing hardball and they got left. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to get another opportunity with somebody like a Tyler Perry or a Kenya Barris unless they bring the valuation down. I think you're being naive. I really do. I think you are being naive. I think this is what happens a lot in the industries. And I think it's what people talk about a lot. It's just like masters and like rights to stuff and everything else. Like if they can see the value in Tyler Perry and what he's going to bring to the platform, they're like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to give it away. We'll say $3 billion. Cause me personally, I don't give a fuck if BET fails. I don't care if your little network fails. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what they view it as. Like, I'm gonna get some money off this shit. Cause you're going to get some money off of it. Mm -hmm. BET probably doesn't even turn a profit every year. I'm so <laughs> fucking serious. I, no, I agree with you on that. I'm trying to think. I honestly, I honestly, God, I think VH1 might be the most successful out of the BET media group group i'd be interested to see the figures here but i i'm happy that tyler perry walked away because i damn sure don't think it's worth three billion dollars that would take a lot of work did like did you see their impact atl show that was on bet and did you see the press packages that they were giving out with fucking doritos and the shit yeah i did they see don't that make anything it was given low rate um it does take me back just to like all of the shark tank shows that i watch where sometimes they're like they come in there with like a crazy like uh, buy-in price and like this super low stakes and equity or whatever um, and it's just a bad deal all around I think what Paramount is failing to realize is the amount of work and rehab it's gonna take to get BET back to where it was in the past and like maybe back in the day there was a maybe BET was more centralized for like African-American celebrating our black content, whatever. But now you get that on a lot more channels. So it's not like they're having exclusive content on there. No, they're not the only game in town, but you keep saying this like Paramount gives a fuck. Like what I'm basically trying to like say, <laughs> you keep saying Paramount doesn't realize Paige. I'm trying to say like Paramount doesn't care. 
care. No, I don't think they care either. If Paramount cared, they would have sold it. Yeah, they don't care. So I think they're just like they're trying to. It's it's a money grab. I I think it's a textbook. How in the hell they would think BET would be a money grab? But no, they're trying to grab the money because they know Kenya Barris would turn it out. They know Tyler Perry would turn it out. They know Fifty Cent would turn it out. Like that's that's why. Yeah, that's very interesting. I the last thing I heard about that was that Tyler Perry was working to acquire BET. Clearly, that's off the table. So we shall see who acquires it in the future. So moving on to the next story, entertainment. Are you reading my story again? Did I read the Tyler Perry story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Alrighty, so story four, Entertainment Weekly reports, Emily Blunt apologizes for 2012 video of her calling Chili's server enormous. Emily Blunt is apologizing for an insensitive comment she made in a recently resurfaced interview. The Devil Wears Prada star received a bevy of online criticism this week in response to calling an American waitress enormous in a rediscovered Jonathan Ross show clip from 2012. I just need to address this head on as my jaw was on the floor watching this clip from 12 years ago, Blunt told people. I'm appalled that I would ever say something so insensitive, hurtful, and unrelated to whatever story I was trying to tell on a talk show. She continued, I've always considered myself someone who wouldn't dream of upsetting anyone, so whatever possessed me to say anything like this in that moment is unrecognizable to me or anything I stand for. And yet it happened, and I said it, and I'm so sorry for any hurt I caused. I was absolutely old enough to know better. During the 2012 interview, Blunt recalled an experience in which she went to eat at a local Chili's restaurant while shooting her film Looper. Host Jonathan Ross chimed in, If you're going to Chili's, you can see why so many of of our American friends are enormous. Well, the girl who was serving me was enormous, Blunt replied. I think she got freebie meals at Chili's. Nothing wrong with that, said Ross. Blunt then explained how the waitress recognized her during the meal and began asking her a series of excited questions about the movie. Hmm. Yikes. I I just think about how many times, like, cringy comments resurface i mean i think the one thing that i'm happy with about this scenario is emily blunt replied really really fast i want to say it was like within 24 hours of the video resurfacing um and i i like the fact that she did recognize her mistake here but it it also just goes to show that sometimes people think that they need to be mean or say mean things to like land a joke or be funny Um, and I think we should push back on that aspect of it as well, but I'm happy to see the swift apology from her. Um, yeah, yeah. it was like a full throated apology. First of all, for like celebrity slip ups like this, I think people always mess up when they, when they come out and apologize, like even recently Drew Barrymore, I don't think her apology hit the target as much as it could have. Um, so I think that this was a full throated apology and it was really good. Um, the article mentioned (laughs) how this clip obviously came back from 12 years ago. Um, I think that's what they mean when they say like stuff on the internet lasts forever because I I get the impression Blunt has apologized for this before. Mm -hmm. So the article actually had an interesting message because the article said basically like the the internet is holding her accountable. But one of the things that I found to be very interesting is the fact that the internet is one of the meanest places. The people that are first out to demand an apology out of someone are some of the meanest. They say some of the foulest shit. 
yeah on planet earth yeah so it's just like with that take in mind too it's like baby you're not perfect yeah it goes into the fact of like can people make mistakes she made a mean joke she apologized for it yes it is important to hold others accountable when they say mean things or when they do mean things but like you said there is an air of hypocrisy to it um because like you said we've seen like a lot of the times what do they say when you point a finger you have three pointing back at you so i think this is it kind of goes to the lesson of like we could probably all learn from emily blunt's mistake so we don't continue i guess as a society to make the same mistakes stop commenting on people's weight stop commenting on people's bodies um and i think i don't know just apologize but it is important to note as well that i think sometimes people will never be satisfied with an apology Mm -hmm. and no matter how many times you apologize even if you feel like it's the most genuine apology and you truly mean it from your heart somebody's gonna find something wrong with it and be like "Eh, i don't believe her because yeah so yeah one of the interesting things too just to chime in here jonathan ross is a comedy show and it says right here that Jonathan Ross chimed in and said, if you go to Chili's, you can see why so many of our American friends are enormous. Mm. So the comedian can make the joke. But Emily being on a on a TV show, probably nervous, probably trying to banter with the host who's a comedian, then goes on and makes the comment that she should not have said. What did so she say again? She, she said, said, well, the girl who was serving me was enormous. I think she got freebie meals there. Mm, okay, so okay, okay. It was okay, like okay. it was kind of probably like she put her foot in her mouth, kind of like Kelly Osborne. <laughs> Even though I don't think anybody could put their foot in their mouth as bad as she did, honestly. Oh, God. But I think when you get caught up and there's cameras and you make a mistake and you say the wrong thing, like we've all, yeah. all had those moments where it's just like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Like what you're yeah. saying, you don't even mean it. And you feel so bad. I know. So I think we all in this moment, was Emily right? No, she wasn't. Yeah. Was Jonathan right? No, he wasn't. But should we fucking chase them down like we haven't said some shit like that and it's embarrassing and you feel bad? Yeah. Like, no, we shouldn't do that either. And it's also not definitive of their character either. She apologized. Look, Emily, like I'm ready to move on. Obviously, I'm not the person you said it about. Yeah. But I think it's important to always have grace in our hearts and forgiveness in our hearts. Yes. So moving on to the next story. So according to NPR, you're not seeing things, quote, nudity creep and streaming TV real reveals more of its stars. Wait, no, it's you're not seeing things. Nudity creep and streaming TV reveals more of its stars. Call it nudity creep. One of the most popular shows on one of the most popular streaming services is called Naked Attraction. It's a fully, completely naked dating show. Oh, my God. How have I not heard of this? Okay. (laughs) It's a fully, completely naked dating show. Even for Max, formerly known as HBO, the nudity is a lot. The British show does not blur or censor anything. In fact, there are close-ups. Here's the gimmick. One contestant faces six boxes that contain six naked people. Bit by bit, their bodies are revealed, starting from the bottom... Yeah, starting from the bottom. The contestant eliminates possible future dating partners based on the body parts they see. Quote, they are showing full male frontal nudity, and that's maybe what's catching a few breaths. End quote, says Jeffrey Jones, a professor at the University of Georgia. Cable television has always enjoyed less regulation than broadcast, and streaming TV is not regulated for decency by the FCC. 
From the beginning, Jones says people have subscribed to platforms such as Netflix because of provocative dramas that centered female flesh. Think of House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. Now, what feminists call the, quote, male gaze seems to have expanded to include men. People will never get tired of nudity, Jones says. It's on... what does that say? It's on frescoes all through Europe. It's I'm on frescoes TV, all TVs. through all through Europe. Nudity is with us forever. Frankly, it's a central part of who and what we are as humans, and we're going to tell stories about it. Oh my gosh! Now this is hilarious because the censorship debate has really taken center stage over the past years, and clearly the 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 trends are trending towards less censorship here. Wow! Um, but I did. I I mean, haven't we all noticed it? Like, there's a lot more male like, nudity. Male nudity for one, and then like I remember what show was that? Was it Big Little Lies? Yeah, it was like a Alexander Skarsgård's. Yeah, it was a yeah. big deal because there was a full frontal scene in that, and that was years ago. And now there's a whole show based around it. There was a big deal, but they said that Alexander Skarsgård was wearing a prosthetic. That yeah. was the word on the street. Now yeah. I don't know, but it takes me back to, and I'm forgetting his name. It's the cute guy from Grey's Anatomy that got divorced from his wife. Oh, he's in Euphoria. No, he's oh. not. What is? Is it Patrick? Jesse? Jesse Williams. So Jesse Williams was doing a Broadway play that was full of male full frontal nudity. What? Yeah, and people were lining up down the street, honey. But (laughs) that's the word on the street. But anyways, we are seeing starting to see the popularity, or I don't even want to say the popularity. What I'll say is the mainstreamness of it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like if women have to be full frontal nude and all over the place on the on TV, why can't men do it? Exactly. Like, isn't everyone annoyed by that? Like, literally, you guys will have people women naked for no reason in Mm -hmm. a show. The shit don't. It falls like a lead balloon. It makes no sense for the plot. Yeah. You just said, oh, let's get our views up. Throw somebody naked in there the shit yeah. don't even make sense so the fact that the the, t- the tables are turning and it's fair yeah. like okay if everyone's gonna be naked then make it everyone don't just make women have to come to terms with being naked on screen it's everyone needs to be this this concept of dating is interesting to me this this type of thing because you have like a complete i don't know if dichotomy is the word but complete opposite sides of the spectrum with a show like love is blind Mm -hmm. where you don't see anything all you hear is a voice and you just get to know that person without seeing knowing seeing anything Mm -hmm. and then you have this show where all they do is look at a picture of uh, people naked and determine what they like so it's like the complete opposite side of the spectrum i'm interested in seeing i guess what show has like more success a higher success rate yeah um i do think attraction plays a part but i feel like i would definitely prefer like a love is blind because attraction will only take you so far it's like at the end of the day it's just a picture it's just what the person looks like looks fade and my thing is is like number one you must have some fucking teflar mental health or they got therapists on site because I can't imagine just standing there and people like imagine someone everyone says no to you based on a feature of your body. I know. Like that's just so ridiculous. It's it's preposterous. And imagine everybody says yes to you based on a feature of your body and you turn out to be the biggest asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Like thing just like you said, like things change. People don't always look one way. People do face a lot of challenges in their life. And like, just cause you get somebody one way, one year, the next year could be completely something different. That's why all y'all are in. Well, not all, I won't say all, but most, a good majority are in miserable ass marriages because you chose the wrong characteristics. Yeah. I was just going to say, this sounds very low vibrational to me. Mm -hmm. Would you watch it though? 
Um, I, I need to fucking find out. Like, is it funny? Like, I don't even know if, if it's funny. And then I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I think I would it, watch is it, it. Both genders, or is it just, or is it all genders, or it's is it all just genders? Men? Okay. I literally, I'm gonna watch it. I'm, I'm trying to get on Max right now, but I don't have it on my phone. Um, I wanted to see like if it was on Max right now, cause I'll totally watch it and do it as a research for the show. And then we can talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> Child. Okay. Well, it can be our research for the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is interesting. It might be funny. Yeah. But definitely seeing a rise in nudity on TV, honey. They ain't slowed down at all. Most definitely. It's only going to get more. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it though, I think it kind of just is like the free the nipple movement. Like mm-hmm. why does nudity have to be connotated with something bad or negative when that's truly someone's natural state, you know? Yeah, kind of, but like, not I really. just don't know if I could do it, but no. I'm happy. Oh, for I y'all. can tell you right now. No, I'm happy for y'all though. Yeah, Live free, like happy for you, but like not for me, baby. We're going to yeah. be over here in the, the boots and the long sleeves. And oh <laughs> my God. You're funny. Um, but yeah, so that's all she wrote for today. We actually don't have a nightcap TV recap. Not today, not today. Um, but we'll be back with whatever we need to be back with tomorrow. I know we have some good TV coming on tonight but now i'm off to cook dinner and try to get some sleep um but it was so nice talking to you all yeah thank you sweet dreams bye sweet dreams bye